Looking for a special gift for that fag in your life? Whoa, 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 whoa. Get that friend of Armstrong and Getty some A&G merch. Oh. New for 19, our latest A&G logo tees, hoodies, and more. The Punch Violence in the Face t-shirt or the Castigat Redendo Mores tee is available. The Yo, Yo, Yo and the updated Stupid Should Hurt tee. The new Cal Unicornia state flag tee. We even brought back our classic A&G ketchup and mustard logo. Buy them now at the Armstrong and Getty Superstore. Find it at armstrongandgetty.com. Just hit us with their favorite quote from uh, Christmas Vacation, their favorite Christmas movie. Surprised to see me, Clark? Eddie, if I woke up tomorrow with my head stapled to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it struck me during the commercials, none of the versions of A Christmas Carol were in the top five. Hmm. And I will be watching three or four versions really? of that movie during the holiday time, in addition to reading the book and probably rereading the book about the book, hmm. as it's a bit of an obsession of mine. But really? um, if you have not read uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, actually read it. I have not. You must. Irma Gerd. How long is it? You're practically a caveman. You're practically a beast. How long is it? It's um, you can you can crush it in a day, day and a half. TLDNR. I may do that for the first time this year. That sounds that sounds. Oh, fun. it's fabulous, man! So it's absolutely any, beautiful. Right? Got any video links? Oh, jeez. Well, yes, actually, <laughs> yes. There are many movie versions of it, mm. and and many listicles of which are the best on the uh, internet's. If you're if you're curious about that, do you have like a collector's edition copy of it, leather bound with one of those ribbon bookmarks attached to the bind? That's Sean, cool. I came very, very close to buying a, a a first edition of it. No kidding. Yeah, when it came out in the 1800s. Wow. Um Yeah, I, and and I still may um, because it's it's uh, among pieces of art. It is in my top like couple of all time. Um, I just I I read it every single year, and and I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not crazy into things. Uh, but I, for some reason, I want it. I want a copy of it, the original one. They're fairly expensive, as you might guess. But anyway, um, if you're some crazy rich listener and you'd like to buy me a present, that would be a good <laughs> idea. Uh, anyway, uh, so here's a charming story. A Santa Claus who sparked controversy after posting a photo of himself wearing a MAGA hat at a Georgia mall is fighting back against the anger via Facebook, blah, blah, blah. It's an utterly stupid story. And any story that begins with the controversy over, is there really? Is there really controversy? Or are there 27 jackasses yelling at each other on the Internet? Mm. Should we have a term? Maybe there is a term for 27 jackasses yelling at each other on the Internet. Because it's not really controversy. The guy that's said called a Twitter. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the bulk of a lot of social <laughs> social media, and that then gets reported in the news as if it's something. Right. So this guy posted it to his personal Facebook page. This picture. Then the predictable things happen from the predictable people. And he said, "Look, I, the mall was closing. There were no kids there anymore. It was just for fun. It was to amuse my friends. I in no way meant to cause anyone discomfort. I thought it was harmless fun. Now I realize, in this day and age, I should not have posted it, etc., etc., etc." And I bring that story up only 
because uh, there's this big new poll out um, about what people are most stressed about. And the people who commissioned this poll, um, they saw, you know, 51% say on-the-job worries, 51% uh, say uh, financial matters in general. But 78% of respondents said politics are the number one source of anxiety and stress in their life. Hmm. Politics. That's interesting. That's never, ever been true, except like in the Revolutionary Period and the Civil War. Right. And and why? We're at peace, mostly. We're, we're prosperous. Medical care keeps getting better. Yeah, it's a little expensive, and we're working through that, but... Uh, it's just, it's a craze, man, it, this uh, obsession with politics. It could easily be the most important thing that needs to be diagnosed. That's why we're all f- so focused on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, 32% cited climate change, Jack. I never worry about climate change. I almost never worry about politics. Yeah, I, I do occasionally, mostly during the show. Um, and but our our business model around here is is unique and probably stupid. We're a show that that talks a lot about politics, and we're telling you quit taking it so seriously. Mm. I mean the principles of it, you know, limited government, liberty, that sort of thing. Uh, take that really, really seriously. But like the day to day, the politicians and the moment to moment news stories. Oh, don't let it stress you out. Are you kidding? Yeah, I guess I guess I'd need to know what that's. Did you say seventy eight percent of people yeah. mean? But if they mean the daily uh, cable news story of the day, that is almost always crap. Man, there's something wrong with you. Oh, yeah. Because that, yeah. that story you're stressing out over is, is crap. Nobody yeah. will even remember it in a week. Yeah. Take, take two days off and then see on that third day whether you're, oh, I'm just hopelessly out of date. I have no idea what anybody's talking about. I've missed all the issues. I don't know what to th- No, you'll be fine. You'll be perfectly fine. And, you know, we try to craft a show for what it's worth so that you can listen to it and figure out what's going on with politics. But don't obsess over it. God, it's so unhealthy. Define yourself by who you are as a human being, your relationships and your family and your town and your charities and the rest of it. That was the number one. Uh, yeah, that was the most popular answer. Hmm. Um, let's see. What's that, some wouldn't other... even, that wouldn't even pop into my head unless it was presented on a list. Like if I was given a blank slate of write down the five things that stress you out the most, it wouldn't even occur to me to write that down. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you gave it to me as a choice, I might choose it, but it wouldn't even, wouldn't even pop into my head. Yeah. The rest of the stuff is the usual, you know, relationships, health issues. Um... Yeah, health, geez. Uh, their commute, 25% of people say their commute is a stressful nightmare. Hmm. Um, yet you need to live in one of those progressive uh, work-live uh, communities where where the work centers are there by the multifamily housing and everybody works and bicycles, which is just, a, I'm so amused by that. What a lovely idea. And what if that job were to, I don't know, go away or didn't suit me or I got a better one <laughs> that happened to be 22 miles away from me? What do I do now, oh, great sages? Well, you move to that work-life village and accept that there isn't one and shut up. <laughs> Just shut up with your eliminating car lanes to for bike lanes crap. You've already got one bike lane. Ain't nobody in it. Now you're going to build a second bike lane. So, so I don't know, so people can ride their unicorn to work? Sean just handed me this story. This is something that pisses me off, this particular topic. What you just brought up. Why car-free streets will soon be the norm. 
Oh, God. In cities like New York, Paris, Rotterdam, and soon San Francisco, car-free streets are emerging amid a growing movement. A movement among a small group of people, and they are forcing it to happen. Yep. Uh, not yep. Be, it's not because people want... It's not a ground-up thing. It's a top-down thing. I live in a town where they've made it so difficult to get across town, especially like around 5 o'clock or, you know, when the cars are out, that you will either ride a bike or, in my case, you just don't go there. You go to a different town. Right. And spend yep. your money there. Um, uh, eat out there. Go to the store there. But th- this whole idea of eliminating car lanes and adding bike lanes is just... It's a, it's a craze. I, it, right. City it, councils want it, not people. I think that is an excellent point. It is not bottom-up. It is top-down. It's these wackadoo activists, or whacktivists, if you will, who are just obsessed with this stuff, and they ignore reality. The other uh, the, 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 the other mentally ill cousin of the bike lane thing, and I'm actually, I like bicycling, and I'm sure. in favor of bike lanes, but the idea that we're going to get people out of their cars, and uh, they'll ride their bike uh, into town to get a 30-pound bag of dog food. No, they're not. But anyway, <laughs> the <laughs> the unholy cousin of that is freaking light rail yeah. that that activists obsess with in most cities, not all cities and not all routes, but in many cities and many routes, they're always empty. Nobody rides them. And the cost per passenger mile of light rail is something like 13 times any other mass transit. It is literally the single most expensive way you can get human beings from one place to another. But the whacktivists are obsessed with it. What is it Roger Hedgecock's always saying uh, whenever we do an event with him, uh, with his political experience in San Diego, because he knows this. The reason, and the cities do this all over the place, the reason they have those uh, uh, blacked out windows on city buses is so oh, yeah. that people don't see that they're always empty. Because it would be so striking in whatever town you live in, if every time a city bus went by and it was you saw it, there's nobody in there. Right. So the windows are blacked out, so you don't notice that. <laughs> and buses are by far a better alternative than light rail, because obviously they can go anywhere. They're much, much cheaper. You don't have to drive a long way generally and park uh, you know, at a bus stop. But well, anyway. I actually know some of these people that are uh, into that lifestyle, like pushing that. They believe that it will get bad enough that we will be riding light rail. So if you get the car lanes down enough, if you get the taxes high enough, if you get enough bike lanes, then eventually the the, the light rail that you built 10 years ago, people will start riding it because you'll have no choice. Why does it never make the public transportation good enough to make me voluntarily choose that? A, a, a pull factor as opposed to a push factor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah I, I agree. Fewer bums and less urine would help. Um, in a lot of cases. Uh, uh, so their idea is instead of developing technologies to make uh, the the individual commute or very small group commutes, which is clearly, I mean, overwhelmingly what people choose, instead of making that less impactful to the environment, more energy efficient, blah, 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 we're going to return to the 1840s and have people walking and riding mules. That's the plan. I mean, what is the bicycle, Jack, if not a mechanical mule? Hmm. It's just, it's a, in fact, that's what I call my bicycle. I say to my kids all the time, hey, it's a nice day, let's go outside and ride the mechanical mules. Right, right. It's a step backward. We're not going to take this massive step backward as humanity. That's just not going to happen. You know why they ride bikes in Beijing? Because they're starving poor and they're communists. You want to be a starving communist, ride your mechanical mule. That's funny. Hey, I opened this up. How did we get on the topic of credit card debt? You you had something about that. But I opened up the text line to the, do you have a lot of credit card debt? And I'm just curious, what is your plan? What do you think is going to happen? 
because I wonder about that. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We've got a bunch of texts on that topic. And, oh, you had the story that we're uh, reaching a 10-year high for people in their credit card debt. Oh, yeah. Which makes it almost exactly at the time of the last major financial crash, which was brought on by all kinds of uh, lifestyle choices of living way beyond our means. Um, so yeah, credit card debt. What do you think is going to happen? We got a bunch of interesting texts. Texts. I'd like to read those to you because I, I wonder. That's on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Who this, Michael? This is Harry Connick Jr. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, this album's fantastic. I'll have to add this one. We listen to the Michael Bublé a lot, but I'll have to add this one to our our list. Michael Bublé, please. I wouldn't celebrate Christmas before I'd listen to that one. I like him personally, so that... uh... Oh, like as a human being? Yeah, as a human being. I've seen a couple interviews with him. He's a really good human being. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I I love that. I can deal with the fact that a lot of my favorite creative artists are obnoxious. Some of them are beyond obnoxious. They're horrible. Oh, yeah. They're horrible horrible human beings. Um, But uh, when you find somebody who's really a decent person, you can root for them, too. Yeah, it ups the, uh, the pleasure, doesn't it? We are going to try to stay on the war in Afghanistan story. Unfortunately, it did not make much of a splash. I, I think it absolutely win, will win the Pulitzer Prize, but I don't know how many people are paying any attention that we were misled for 20 years, the entire 18 years, by multiple administrations on the progress of the war in Afghanistan. Trevor Noah took this topic on on The Daily Show last night. The people in charge didn't know how to define victory in Afghanistan. Right? Was it beating the Taliban or beating al-Qaeda, uh, making the country a democracy? And if you don't know how to end it, then you should just wrap it up and get out. You know, like they did with Game of Thrones. She's dead, he's gone, the bird kid is king. Roll the credits, roll the credits. Take the money, let's go. (laughs) But these people stretched it out. And this report shows that America's government had little success and not much of a strategy going in. But there was one thing they had plenty of. Money. The problem is, as any rapper will tell you, more money, more unnecessary expenditures. Aid workers in the field, military officers, diplomats, they all said this was more money than they could possibly spend, that they were ordered by Congress and officials back in Washington to spend, spend, spend as quickly as they could, as much as they could. Nearly a billion dollars on helicopters and planes for the Afghans. Trouble is, there is serious doubt that the Afghans can fly them. A half million of your dollars wasted on a building that melted four months after it was built. $34 million went to a soybean growing project. And soybeans don't grow in Afghanistan, and people in Afghanistan don't eat soybeans. The Pentagon wasted millions on uniforms for the Afghan army. It was to buy a forest camouflage pattern. Forests cover only 2% of Afghanistan. That you know, is incredible. Some, some of it is absurd that it's funny, but the latest uh, part uh, that the Washington Post is featuring in their multi-part gigantic thing about Afghanistan is the uh, the non-military expenditures, which are astonishing. 
you know, all, all of your dreams of better mental health care for, for various folks or housing for the downtrodden or fixing the potholes in the bridges and the ports and the, you name your cause, whether it be super progressive to, to moderate to conservative could have been funded. Except that we're wasting the money on all this crap. Of course, you know, you could make the argument, oh, we'll just borrow it and overspend on everything. But it's astounding that you can't get money from Congress for infrastructure, but we can throw hundreds of billions of dollars at, I almost dropped an S-bomb, poop in Afghanistan. Right. And nobody follows up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's enough to make you nuts. It, it is. Uh, it's pretty damn troubling. Um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got more fallout from the Horowitz report on the FBI's reasons to investigate the Trump campaign. New analysis just released. Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax would shrink the economy. And Harvey Weinstein's sweetheart deal coming up. Oh, oh yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Did you see the videotape of him going into court yeah. the other day? He's using a walker. Right. Uh, it's become such a cliche, whether you're Bill Cosby or you're Weinstein or, or, or a mob boss Every or whatever. Every mafia yeah. Don ever. Uh, oh, yeah. You're on crutches or a walker or you got a guide dog or whatever. Oh, remember Trying to the, just be, please. What's the, the serial rapist they caught in California? The Golden oh, Gate yeah, rapist. Oh, yeah, that monster. Right. Yeah, yeah, the he, Golden He was in State a wheelchair. Killer. What? Right. I don't really know what's going on. I don't really know where I am. Yeah, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. It's such a cliche. Do they think it works on anybody? They must. Yeah, yeah just Poor have Harvey a bit. Weinstein. He's a he's an old man now right. with a cane. He can barely walk. Triple. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. send him to prison? At this I point? can't really like, picture him raping anybody or pressuring anybody for sex. Look how weak he is. Besides, he's so old. He couldn't harm anybody now. I hope there's no jury that would think that. God, I would hope not. It's it's funny. It's just it's got to be right there in your your top five strategies of defense attorneys. All right, listen, we need to get you uh, some dark glasses like you're blind. I'm not blind. Everybody knows I can see. Put on the glasses and limp. Can you limp? That's why it was so uh, impressive yeah. when Michael Jackson got up on top of the car and started moonwalking when he was in court <laughs> for his child molestation. I'm he- as fit as can be. <laughs> <laughs> he went the other direction. Marshall's News next, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Do stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. I dream about him. It's true. Now, boot edge edge. Have you ever noticed where Biden keeps saying he's in the wrong state? Like if he's in Ohio, it's great to be in Iowa tonight. What is wrong with this guy? Crazy Elizabeth Warren. Back. Or as I affectionately call her, Pocahontas. Did anybody see her beer deal where she said, oh, darling, you ever see that deal? Darling, it's about her husband. Darling, it's great to see you. What are you doing here? It's like, that's her husband. He's supposed to be living in the house. <laughs> this guy, Buttigieg. I dream about him. It's true. <laughs> and and you hear the crowd shouting out the punchlines yeah. as he's getting to them. It's just... <sighs> what a unique political situation. Anyway, let's get to that's from his rally the other night in Pennsylvania. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Our calls continue for reforming the standards for the federal government's FISA court to grant warrants allowing the FBI to monitor people. This after the Justice Department Inspector General's report on what triggered the Bureau's decision to investigate the Trump campaign, a report that found significant inaccuracies and omissions in the FBI FISA application 
to monitor former campaign advisor Carter Page. Now, Senate Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham questioning the Inspector General Michael Horowitz about the Page probe. Is it fair to say there came a point to where surveilling Carter Page became unlawful? Um, I will let the court decide that. The court has this report and will make that decision. Let's put it this way. If you don't have a legal foundation to surveil somebody and you keep doing it, is that bad? Absolutely. Is that spying? Um, it's, it's not, it's illegal surveillance. So there you go. But not spying according to Don Lemon and others on CNN. It's ridiculous. It's disproved the conspiracy theory that there was spying. God, it's just unbelievable. The dishonesty. And we have a, um, a clip we want to play for you coming up in a little bit. Uh, Charlie Cook. Hurt. 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 There's a Charlie yeah. Cook, a Charlie Savage, and a Charlie... There's three of them, and I get them all mixed up. Yeah. And there's it a makes Charlie, a difference. There's a Charlie Brown. There's lots of Charlies, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which we can all agree on that. Fiddle challenge the devil. But there's Charlie Daniels. But there are yeah, three right. There are three that, pundit, three that are pundits that show up in cable yeah. news, and I get them all mixed up. Anyway, he blasts the media and where we are in terms of, um, well, media coverage of these stories. It was an all-time low. As I said here yesterday, I thought it was an all-time low. On uh, the coverage of this IG report. So more on that coming up. An economic analysis shows Elizabeth Warren's signature wealth tax would bring in at least a trillion dollar le- dollars less in new government revenue than the Democratic presidential candidate has been claiming. The analysis released today says her wealth tax would actually shrink the economy. The University of Pennsylvania's Penn Wharton budget model finds a proposed tax would raise as much as maybe a trillion and a half dollars less over the 10 years than Warren is estimating. Will anybody say that to her on the debate stage a week from today? I don't know. Generally speaking, liberals obsess over how to divide the pie, and conservatives want to grow the pie. And growing the pie has lifted hundreds of millions, billions of people out of poverty. We must always put our emphasis on growing the pie. Now, that's not to say that there need not be uh, watchdogs and reformers and, 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 you know, and charities and the rest of it. I'm not you know, 100% one way or the other, but by God, you stop growing that pie, you end up like, like France. You end up like these pathetic, faded empires that, that are struggling to, to get their bus operators to show up because they promised them such lavish pensions and they can't afford them because their their economies are moribund. I only got one thing out of that analysis, and you know what it is. What's that? You said pie. Oh, boy. Joe said pie. Delicious pie. pie. It's holiday season. I can stop a bunch of places on the way home and get a pie. I think I will. Democracy in flux. British voters deciding who should resolve the wrangling over Brexit in an election seen as one of the most important since the end of World War II. Wow, that's something. Prime Minister Boris Johnson hopes his Conservative Party will win a majority in the House of Commons to take Britain out of the European Union Union by January 31st. The European Urine. (laughs) Union. The main opposition, <laughs> the main opposition Labor Party, which is uh, led by uh, Jeremy uh, Corbyn, has promised another referendum on Brexit if his party comes to power. So Boris Johnson's expected to win, right? Yeah. But the Wall Street Journal is out today saying whoever wins in Britain, big government spending is back. 
And they go through uh, what both sides plan to spend all their money on. Ah, yes. Many promises to many people. And Harvey Weinstein and the board of his bankrupt movie studio are reaching a $25 million settlement with dozens of his accusers. Now, according to the New York Times, a deal will reportedly allow the disgraced Hollywood mogul to avoid paying out any of his own money or admit any wrongdoing. If the settlement is okayed by a court in New York, it would be paid out by insurance companies for the bankrupt Weinstein company. So he wouldn't have to admit any wrongdoing then if he can beat the rap in in a court case in 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 you know actual about actually going to jail. A criminal charge. Which yeah. he will have the best lawyers you can afford be assured, then he'll think I'm free. I'm golden. I'm I'm basically where Jeffrey Epstein was. I'm out. I, I, there's there's nothing saying I did anything wrong officially. Right. I've paid off the people. They can't come after me. I'm back to my old life. That's what he's that's what he's hoping for. And remember, the jury is going to look at a poor, crippled, uh, elderly gentleman right. when he walks into court in his walker. And again, with the best lawyers money can buy. Yep. You know how Epstein did it? He hired thugs to go after uh, the prosecutors, for instance, and ruin their lives. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You think whoever brings this case or is bringing these cases wherever in the country, because he's raped so many different people, whoever's bringing these cases that he doesn't have the best out there digging up dirt on these people, trying to ruin them or blackmail them? Of course oh, he does. Oh, absolutely. Every single strategy that can be employed, they're exploring. Yeah. So No matter how horrific. So he rapes some woman in some county in, uh, you know, wherever, uh, where he was at the time and raped some woman. Right. Um, he's going to go after that, that DA and say, hey, I figured this out about you. You want this on the front page of your local newspaper or what? That, that's the way he's going to try to get out of this. Right, exactly. Heard your son got into a little legal trouble that went away mysteriously. Why don't we talk about your boy? Yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's not beyond him. And that's what, well, that's what Jeffrey Epstein did, and it, and it worked in his case. Yeah. Right, right, um, allegedly. Yeah. So, hey, listen, you're hearing from the media liars that the IG's report made it clear that the origin, the beginning of the Russia probe was legitimate. That is true, but highly misleading. And I want to clarify that for you next. Well, it's beyond, it's beyond spin. Spin is something that's true, but, you know, shaded one direction. It's so misleading, it's, it's, it's false. I mean, it's just, it's just the opposite of what happened. Right. Um, right. But, yeah, we'll explain that next. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Brian Setzer Orchestra. Oh, Brian Setzer Orchestra. Another great Christmas album. Cool. Um, I, I, I don't usually like to play guests who refuse to come on our show, but this is a good one. Uh, what's his name? Charlie Hurt. Charlie Hurt. We've, we've has, he, has he not come on the show? We've or tried we? many times, and he just, I don't know if he really? just doesn't do radio or what. That curly-headed son of a you-know-what. I know. I won't have that. And I regularly like what he has to say, and, and particularly did when he was on Tucker last night, talking about the way the media reacted to the IG report, and uh, this is what he had to say. 
It's amazing. You know, when I got into this business, when you got into this business, uh, you know, you know that the sort of media is kind of has a leftward tilt, yeah. a sort of uh, a reverence for the institutions and things like that. Uh, and you accept it and you sort of work around the edges and you get your stories in and people uh, try to pursue the truth. And, and maybe there are little biases that sneak in here and there. But by and large, you know, something comes out that's truthful. This is something entirely different. And I, I would say that this uh, Steele dossier coverage is the darkest moment in American uh, journalism history. It is devastating. These are people who are not pursuing the truth. They're pursuing an agenda. They have gone from being useful, even willing uh, idiots to being part of the machine that is trying to prop up a, a massive, ungovernable system that is the government. The reason all those people were so sure that they knew that the, that the Steele dossier wasn't the basis for the FISA reports is because they were being told by people. They were being told by people that, uh, that, that, were, that are, were their sources, uh, their government sources, and yes. those are more important to them than challenging any of them. They would never challenge what those people tell them. And my my goodness, if, if, if I, when I got into this business, if you went to an editor and, and hadn't challenged your sources on every story, you're going to get your butt kicked. Exactly. None of this happens anymore. It's all different now. The, the, they're thrown sniffers and they get a rent. They get the proximity to power. And the more powerful the, these powerful people are, the more reverence they have for them. And they will do anything they can to prop them up and destroy anybody that gets in their path that undermines or threatens that power that they have reached some proximity to and, and it's terrifying i find wow the, i find the term throne sniffer disgusting that, I, I find it perfect <laughs> that that aside there are very few journalists we featured one yesterday matt taibbi of the rolling stone who actually are doing what journalists are supposed to do speaking truth to power but there are a lot of journalists now that if they get a leak from a source that they agree with that says we're gonna we're gonna tell everybody that the Steele report was not the basis for the investigation. It was part of it, but it wasn't the real reason. And right. they'll, they'll just go ahead and print it as fact on the front page of the Washington Post or the New York Times and go with that for years. And the leaks over the last several weeks, which I never talked about on the air because I knew it was going to be crap, and it turned out to be bigger crap than I thought. Regular leaks that I heard on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos are all these big shows. You know, early reports are that the IG report is going to clear the. FBI and show that it was a uh, the investigation was uh, solidly based. Those were leaked by people with an agenda because obviously the report didn't show that at all. You could have leaked out to George Stephanopoulos or whoever that the FBI is going to get crushed in this thing and shown to be uh, a problem from top to bottom, a historic humiliation. Right, right, but they didn't. No, and the throne sniffers. As uh, Charlie Hurt put it so beautifully, in an effort to maintain their closeness to power, uh, just unquestionably, slavishly put out whatever they were told to put out, they have gone from thorns in the side of power, questioners of power, to now promoters of and lackeys of the powerful. It is really, it's incredibly disappointing. Boy, especially by people who call themselves liberals about malfeasance by the FBI. Right. Right. And a lot of it is motivated by the orange man. 
how you feel about him, which is just astounding. Although, you know, if it were a conventional Republican, you see this. You saw this during the W era, too, as people uh, abandoned principle more and more and went with their feelings and what side they wanted to win in the media, um, that they would they would go ahead and betray all their principles if it would hurt W. But, uh, yeah, this has become so incredibly egregious. I don't think um, Charlie Hurt was exaggerating at all. No, hey, I'm saying that it was the worst day for media ever. You tell me what was a worst day for mainstream media coverage of a big story where they got it more wrong. Name the story, because I don't know what it would be. So one thing I want to arm you with, because you've heard this a lot from the left-wing media, which is to say most of the media, is that the uh, IG... Horowitz found no evidence that the initiation of Crossfire Hurricane or the Russia investigation, he found no evidence that it was motivated by political bias. Now, number one, we told you yesterday, just because he did not find anybody who went on the record saying, yeah, it was about we hate Trump, doesn't mean it's not true. He just was not able to prove a negative. So we'll put that one aside. But here's what you really need to know. The initiation of the investigation was when some Australian intelligence guys said, hey, there's this American guy going around, uh, Carter Page, talking about he hears the Russians have dirt on Hillary. And we thought you guys might want to know, and it's not clear if he's working with the Russians or what, but we thought it was kind of odd because they're a close ally, right? That was the initiation when we got that from the Aussies. But Horowitz... On the stand, under oath yesterday, said that initiation he couldn't find was motivated by political bias. But when they moved into the FISA court warrants and the wiretaps, etc., he says that got a lot murkier. So the initiation of, man, we ought to take a look at this, seemed to be clean. But the, but the entire process of giving it teeth, of giving it Tools, resources, budget, wiretaps, spies going into the campaign, wired up to get quotes, etc. All of that was begun under very murky circumstances, according to Horowitz. So when you hear the initiation of it was not biased, that's what they're talking about. The very, very beginning. But that was what's called a preliminary investigation with absolutely no teeth. When it got serious, that was the stuff that was almost certainly biased or, at the very least, highly illegal and and, and sloppy. Marshall's got more of it, that in his news next hour, including what uh, Ted Cruz brought to the party yesterday, which was pretty good. Um, I wanted to hit this just because I threw out the credit card number earlier in the hour. We were talking about how uh, credit card debt for uh, the average credit card debt for families is at a uh, reaching a ten year high, and uh, that's usually sign of bad things coming. Um, has been in the past anyway. Uh, and I, I was just I threw it out there the idea of what do you expect to happen with your credit card debt if you're carrying a lot of credit card debt? What is your plan? First of all, most of our listeners. Or of the ones who texted me, you know, I don't know what everybody wants. I only know what people text. But a lot of people texted that I don't have any credit card debt. I don't have any credit cards. Or I pay my credit cards off every month. Or I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, et cetera, et cetera. So right. a lot of responsible people in our listening audience, I'm not surprised by that. Um, but of people that do have a lot of debt, I think of my five-figure credit card debt like I think about that diet I'm going to start soon. I just keep thinking I'm going to get to it at some point. Hmm. Uh, I just forget about it. Well, and the credit card company is delighted with that, so they encourage that. They make that easy to do. 
Um, hey guys, first time, long time. I have $37,000 in credit card debt. I make, I make 60K a year, which means you take home 40. Um, I make 60K a year and absolutely devastating and stupid. A fifth of my paycheck goes toward the minimum payments every month. And of course, you're making the minimum payments. You never get out of it. I'm sick and tired and I've had it. Oh, that's awful, man. Or woman, I I sympathize. I realize you got yourself into it, but that's rough, man. That's how they get you. Yeah, but they're on a plan now to try to get out of it. But uh, yeah, once you're there, it's it's difficult. I'll tell you one thing for 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 lots of people, uh, including me, on a very low number. But even on the low number I had many many years ago, at least in my experience, you do it once, and once you get out, you don't you don't ever do it again. It's a it's a lesson learned. Of course, if you uh, are able to bankrupt and get out of it, then you don't learn the lesson and you just do it again. Um, I was almost $50,000 in credit card debt. I figured I'd pay the minimum amount until I died. That was my plan. Change my name, move to Mars. Yeah, well, I guess if you're older, that could be your plan. I transfer my high balance credit card to the zero interest for 18 months, and then I make payments like a crazy woman. That usually works. Okay? Uh, that's a decent idea. Uh, balance transfer to a new card. <laughs> you know? It's it's not exactly the uh, the pure and simple way to do it, but it probably works. I'm 78 years old. I have a lot of debt. I expect to die before I have to pay it off. And then this person who said I'm expecting an inheritance, and that's when I expect to pay it off. Wow, it's just a sampling. Yeah, of uh, what people are hoping for. Interesting. It's easy to just not think about things like that. It is similar to losing weight. It's one just, of the things I do best is not thinking about them. Yeah, things that are they're going to be hard and complicated, like losing weight or paying off credit card debt or whatever, getting a new job. It's easy to just you know I'll deal with it tomorrow. I got a lot going on today, and man, the days add up quickly. Yeah, they do. Uh, so it turns out the share of credit card borrowers who are at least ninety days past uh, due, or you know, they're defaulting essentially, is the highest it's been in since uh, 2010, but it's not very high. What's interesting is now they're just getting back to giving a credit card to anybody who can fog a mirror. Their credit card companies are taking more and more risks, so they're getting more and more defaults uh-huh. as well. As things just stay moving this cycle. You know, it, it, societies veer one way, then the other. It's fine as long as I don't have to bail anybody out, but it doesn't always work that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Google's top surges of 2019 are kind of uh, revealing as to what we're mostly interested in in a number of categories. We could hit that at some point next hour. It's pretty interesting. Google Google is evil. See what comes up. Is that a thing? Evil doers? I don't know. <laughs> it ought to be. I'd like it to be. I thought that was a thing, like maybe the secret menu of in and, at In-N-Out or something like that. You Google we'll try Google it. is evil I don't and know. something comes, smoke comes out of your computer or something. 